All American Gunslinger is presenting Ubaldi Reports. Hey, this is John at Ubaldi Reports, the one podcast that provides fact, not fiction, on issues facing America, whether internationally or domestically. And before we get started, we normally go, we live stream this on all our social media channels. The most important one we do is TikTok. Well, last Wednesday, TikTok cut me off, banned me for a week. It ends today, but I guess it ends midnight tonight. So that's kind of why we're not going to be on TikTok. But we're going to be on other social media platforms, obviously Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. And then we still do the podcast that you can access within a day or two after we post it. But it's just the way it is, I guess. When you speak the truth, people don't like the truth, so they kick you off. But before we get started, the two co-hosts are Joe Bitts, a former combat Marine who was wounded in Iraq, and veteran Marine Ray Krause. How are you doing, Joe and Ray? Great, John. How are you? Doing great. So there's a, there's a lot, and I know Joe beats me up on this because every time we sit back before we get on- You I'm, waste all the good stuff I waste when we're all not the, on the podcast. You not, do it every time, and then by the time you get on the podcast, it's like you're spent. It's like I'm asking you to go a second round, and you're just like, eh. Yeah, you but, don't, you don't, because you have a lot more passion and it's like a lot of more oomph when you're talking to me about it, and then you know you kind of reserve yourself. So let's. I, well, I we're going to try to up. Your, we're going to try to up that game. I know Joe's <laughs> been beating me up. I think he got the the cattle prod out. So, but let's. There's a couple big issues right now. If anybody's been following the news, you have. Clearly, tomorrow at midnight, Title 42 goes away, and Title 42 was a Trump-era immigration policy that forbid anybody from coming into the United States over health regarding COVID. How is that any different? How is that any different than what we're go- with the crisis we're going through like now? They're because like, they've been like border crisis, border crisis, border crisis the whole time, and then all of a sudden, this Title 42 is going to be released t- tomorrow night at midnight, or tonight at midnight, or tomorrow, tomorrow night at midnight. Tomorrow night at midnight. And then there's more people coming over. Well, I this mean- is there was always a crisis ever since President Biden came in, and before he came into office, every mm-hmm. Democrat, starting in the first um, presidential debate in June of 2019, when one of the uh, the the, the um, reporter, whoever the moderator was, asked him, "In each of your guys' health care plan, do you?" Will you, you will illegal immigra- immigrants be able to access? And everyone raised their hand. Joe Biden even said through the campaign, "Come, all, come one, come all." Mm-hmm. And then, as soon as he became a president, he got rid of every Trump era immigration issue. So everybody knew, "I'm coming." Is this enough to sway votes? It. it I mean, this, they're 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 technically they're illegal immigrants, so they can't vote. But we know that there's well, the be... reason it could sway votes, it could go either way. But I think it could go the on the other side, because you have, if you account the the Godaways, mm-hmm. you have over about, over six million illegals have crossed into the U.S. southern border. Yeah. So now they're in cities like New York, Chicago, they're in Philadelphia, they're in California. So I know I was watching something in Chicago. People are incensed that why. Why are we giving money to people who shouldn't be here? Yeah. What about the people of Chicago bad. who are citizens? I want to say bad business. Bad business for both Democrats and bad business for both Republicans. Because what they could do is they could just set up a whole bunch of booths on the other side uh, on the other side of the fence. And as they're coming through, it says, hey, register for Republican. Or, hey, why don't you register oh, for right, Democrat? Right, right. They would shut the border down in a heartbeat. But see, the problem, I mean, and non-joking aside... 
the big problem is, and I've said this on a on this podcast and others radio show that I do is when you see the benefits on the other side, when you see California giving you free education, free health care, um, extra money, some of the stimulus money that they got mm-hmm. went to illegals. You go to New York, it's like you stay in a nice hotel. They give you free food, medical. They were even talking about free college for illegals. So why would you stay in your country? Like there was a hospital in Yuma, Arizona, just in the first part of 2022 because they're, they're, they haven't reported the second half, and they spent $20 million on illegal immigration's health care. So we're not talking the flu or the common cold. We're talking um, heart, you know, heart issues. We're talking the dialysis. We're talking prenatal and all these issues. Now, people can say, well, that's just being humane. Well, that's great, but somebody has to pay for that. So if you go to the hospital and you're finding out, well, I can't get in line or I can't get the resources or I have to pay and they're going to track me down, but this illegal can come and go and they leave and they're not paying. They get free the best health care in the world mm-hmm. by crossing the U.S. southern border. So if I was in a foreign country, I'd come illegally to the United States, go to the hospital, get my medical care treated, and I don't have to pay nothing. Somebody's paying. Yeah. It's not a zero-sum guns game. And, like, you had a congressman, and I want to say is Henry Cuellar. I think was a Democrat down in um, the southern part of Texas. He said the president of Guatemala contacted him and said, we've been trying to get in touch with the White House because we're trying to tell him there's 80,000 Venezuelans crossing into Guatemala, into Mexico, heading to the United States. Yeah. Now, this was supposed to be – Vice President Kamala Harris's portfolio. She kept saying in 2000, we're going to focus at the origins. Well, if you're not even taking the phone call, and I think the same president even said, we've been trying to get in touch with the vice president. We haven't talked with her since she came down in June of 2021. So Biden's answer, even during the press conference yesterday, his answer was, or at least his, his response was, it's going to be a little chaotic. What do you mean chaotic? Right now they had 10,000 in one day. They're expecting up to eighteen to 20,000 a day mm-hmm. crossing that border. And Trump was only at, what, 1,500 kids somewhere in that realm? Well, on that one, he couldn't count for 1,500. There was a report two or three weeks ago the Biden administration can't account for 80,000. Yeah. So where are all those, like Ocasio-Cortez? She's big about rip, ripping on the Republicans. Where is she? Well, it, it seems this, like I mean, this is she's Hispanic. But are they doing but this by telling, design? Are they doing this by design? I think it's by design. But she's okay. Hispanic. Oh, yeah. yeah. Does she not care about the women, the girl, young girls, being sex trafficked? Every almost everyone has been sexually assaulted. No, apparently not because she has a. She's already been elected, so she doesn't have to worry about it. But she cares when it's Donald Trump or Republican does something. I don't think you're going to see them reel their heads up back again until close to like next year when well, next the, the next campaign cycle. Well, even yeah, like I agree with that. But yeah. next year, I think you're going to have a huge racial matter again. You know, they, we're we're talking 2023 right now. So next year, you're going to have a huge racial matter. You're going to have some other disturbance where it's going to cause massive riots. And all of a sudden, lo and behold, Joe Biden's going to walk himself back into that White House. And that's what I'm nervous about. The big thing I'm nervous about is you have a very complicit 
I think we're moving to Bahamas if that happens. Well, but you ha- we have a very complicit media. We don't have an independent ju- media. And if you go by their own ethics and journalism, they don't even take the, the, the pretense that they're nonpartisan. They are very partisan and doing everything to keep to make Joe Biden not look bad. Because if this was a Republican, they would have been f- all over the news. If 80,000 Republican, I mean, excuse me, Hispanic children would have been, have no clue where they're at. Do you really think the media not would have covered, would not have covered that story? Well, don't they have the White House press secretary just answering questions that she's a little bit friendlier with than guys like Peter Ducey and other well, but the sad media they're journalists even, they're, they're that, even, that are asking tough, tough, hard But see, but questions. there's even worse than that. Is, they're even trying to, go ahead. But even when Peter Ducey does ask a question, why don't the other reporters jump in on that? Here's a question. They, they started. There was a. They've been asking some tough started. questions because they they're. But they're not this fault. One of the big follow-up questions that I heard nobody ask, and John P- Corinne Pierre just said, "I'm not. I'm not answering that." When one reporter asked him, um, "Madam Press Secretary, how come Joe Biden doesn't recognize his seventh granddaughter? Yeah, we. Heard how that. come he allows his son not to pay child support?" How come he allows his son to try to reduce child support payments? And how come he's not recognizing that child, nor is he allowing, fighting to have that child take his um, his name? And why doesn't President Biden and Jill Biden in the last two Christmases not have Christmas stockings for that granddaughter, mm-hmm. but you had it for a dog and a cat? But you're all about women's rights, except for this four-year-old girl. Why? Because Joe Biden secretly hates Hunter Biden. I would (laughs) say that there's an even more pressing issue as to what they're dodging, and that that would be the debt ceiling um, bill. That's another one. You know, you have the Democrats just pushing it off and saying, and just blaming Republicans, and the Republicans are sitting there at the table with a bill. They had one passed. What are we waiting for? Now, I do agree. In the past, Republicans were just as egregious as Democrats of rising up the debt to $31 trillion. Okay, that's, that, that's a fair argument. But right now, we're at $31 trillion. And Chuck Schumer, the, the Senate Majority Leader, said, we want a clean debt uh, ceiling bill. We'll negotiate spending reductions later. That'll never, ever happen. Spending never comes down. Now, in 2022... The Congressional Budget Office, a nonpartisan group, said we had record revenue, the most revenue that's ever come into the U.S. Treasury in the history of the country. But we got a debt because the government hasn't figured out how to or won't figure out how to reduce spending. And that includes, I would call out Republicans, you have it's not reducing, excuse me, cutting spending is not the answer. It's how do we reduce spending? That comes like in all three of us. We all came from the Department of Defense. We're all three Marines. I bet you the military needs to get its fiscal house in order. We spend on things we shouldn't spend. We waste things on, on things that we shouldn't waste things on. We can use that extra money for more troops, better equipment, and, ex- and, and training, but also expand our weapon stockpile that is being degraded because of the war in, in um, um, Ukraine. But we're not doing that. And it's the same thing with domestic programs. Democrats will never cut any domestic programs. And the Republican plan by Kevin McCarthy, the speaker, was 
it was tamed by design, $4 trillion over the next 10 years of cuts. That's doable after $31 trillion debt. We're going to claw back some of the um, the COVID money. And then one of the other things is... Why can't we, why can't we audit whatever they're spending on and be like, okay, you don't need to put money in this. You don't need to put money in that. I bet you, like... It just takes. This is like takes, an old, old movie, but it was called Dave. Remember? I remember Dave. Okay, and then they were like, they were talking about that, and they were just using this guy as a stand-in, but he just happened to be an accountant, or, and he goes, okay, well, let's take away this, let's take away that, let's take away this, let's take away that, and he actually balanced the budget as not an. Acting. Well, he started saving like a billions of dollars. It's yeah. the same thing. And they're like, don't mess with us. Well, like in the military, where where all three of us come, the military, just most people know. We all came from the Marines. You're going to go on your PX rant again, aren't you? Well, no. The Marine Corps has something called ServMart. And what it is, it's a combination of Home Depot and Office Max. Home Depot being the building supply company and Office Max being the office supply company. What we do, we go to ServMart. So we have federal employees. We have all this. Why do we need that? Why can't we give credit card to each battalion or each unit? They have comptrollers per battalion. They give the credit card. You submit your budget to the comptroller. He approves it, or he or she approves it, and out in town you go. Let Office Max, Home Depot, Ace Hardware, all these companies compete with each other to give military different discounts and different benefits. Why do we need all this stuff? And then you look at the military where all three of us came from the the, um, Depart- the Marines, Department of the Navy. Well, the Army and the Marines, 90% of its equipment is the same. There's 10% that is different. Like they have the Apache, we have the Cobra, and they have the MRAP. We have um, other things, our LAVs. But if you go through the supply system, it's different. We have a different supply system. They have a different supply system. They get the same, they gave the same uh, parts and equipment. Why? This wasted money. We've wasted over the last 30 years, $100 billion in weapons that don't work. We can't keep doing that. Now, if you go on the domestic side, one of the proposals in Kevin McCarthy's debt ceiling bill, which they raised, was um, if you get any type of social services like you know welfare, food stamps, and I'm not opposed to getting anybody on those programs, why don't you do like Bill Clinton passed in 1996, the Welfare Reform Act? You get any public assistance, you're on it for five years, and that's it. Then you got to get off. That yeah. spurs you to get a job, and that do a, a, the government must do a better job to retrain people to today's technology and today's economy. Well, how, but how does that work in today's economy when they're laying off people left and right? Well, mostly from the tech. Well, it's the standpoint, re- but the reason where it would change, we have to reform our educational system. You've got kids, yeah. Joe, and you've got kids in all three different demographics. You have a daughter that graduated college. Mm-hmm. You have a son going into middle school. And you have a daughter that's going, what, first or second grade? Second. Second grade. Our educational system, and I'll be blunt, is crap. The National Educational Progress Report came out in October. It's the first pre-pandemic one. We regressed 40 years in math and reading, dropped 10 points in, in reading. I think it's eight points in math. And then last week, the same report card showed that they tested eighth graders. Only 13% are proficient in history and civics. Now, answering this question or asking this question, I probably already know the answer, your answer and mine, but you think of privatizing the school system 
would be better. Just given, well, I would say give parents I, choice. Well, but well, that's a, remember but, when we talked to, we had an interview with correct. the, he was at the, he was Lance at, Christensen. The union, I think he worked with for the union. No, or? no, no. He worked for a, a a public policy educational think tank that wanted parents to have choice. Yeah, and then, but he mostly said, "Hey, you know, private schools and um, what's the other version of the school? Public charter, charter school. Charter schools perform a lot better than they do public schools." And we're like, "Oh, okay, why?" And he like, "No unions." Well, that's the point. Is the unions are the detriment to the school. Like right now, Randy Weingarten was on Capitol Hill last week. She's the president of the second largest teachers union. And she was saying, oh, we tried to get kids back into school. And I go, that's other BS. There's document, major documented evidence that shows you did everything to prevent kids going back. Right now, as an example, there's an Oakland, California Unified School District strike teacher strike for five days right now and one of the requirements is they want to end homelessness they want to do climate change the first five days of the school year wants to focus on climate issues they're not talking about reading scores if you look at the oakland unified school district which Uh is primarily minority 80 percent can't do math or english or read or write to grade level so the reason i want to give parents choice i talked to a friend of mine today about that she has a young child who's kind of maybe struggling in school. My brother's daughter is in um, graduating eighth grade. She's severely dyslexic like me, and they fought with their public schools because the school district that she went to prior to them moving didn't even recognize dyslexia as a as a disability. So what I would have proposed is the parents get to choose. Now, if you can't afford to go to the school that you want, the money the state allocates for public schools should transfer with you to the school that best fits the needs of your child. Mm-hmm. You told me, or I think your wife told me, you moved one of your, your children out of one school to a better school, and now he's thriving. Yeah. Parents need that choice, and a lot of it, especially the minority community, if you look at around the country, those who purport the claim they support, like Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, what pisses me off, he's all big about public schools, except for his kids. And during the height of pandemic, where my nieces and nephew were stuck at home on Zoom, his kids were in private school, in-person learning. So Joe Biden, private school for his kids, Gavin Newsom, all these, these Democrats, the majority of the time they send their kids to private school, but they want to keep your kids stuck in the public school system. And then look what they're teaching them. There's um, equity and inclusion. And their idea of improving standards is to drop the standards. Oregon, you don't have to take a test in reading math and English to graduate. They're getting rid of SAT scores. They're getting rid of the, um, the gifted and honor programs. So that's how you improve people's lives. Mm -hmm. My own father only had a fifth grade education, but he wanted his kids educated. Whether you go to a trade school, whether you go to college, and I would purport to push a trade school for technology. I was talking with somebody at work. They work up in, uh, they're a Pasco County Sheriff. This is a county in, um, in Florida. He learned drones in high school. Yeah, He got a job working for the Pasco County Sheriff, making a very good 
wage, almost up into the six figures or higher mm-hmm. in drone pro without a high school, without a college degree. Your son, see, what you tell me, was really gifted about working with things. Yeah. Maybe he could do something like that. Maybe college isn't fit for him. Maybe he doesn't like to be in that classroom setting. But if he goes and learns drones or cybersecurity, think of the money he can make. Yeah. Uh, we are kind of been hitting on our education a little bit harder, but we still got some other things to talk about, especially oh, yeah. um, when it came to uh, what was going on. So in New York, uh, Donald Trump was found liable for what? He's lying, found liable for, I think it was sexual um, harassment. sexual abuse or is it sexual? Sexual abuse, sexual harassment, and defamation of this woman. This is in the mid-90s. The problem he had is he couldn't recognize and his wife over the person that allegedly made the accusation. I'm sorry, what? What do you mean? Like, Well, there was this grainy photo and I saw an excerpts of it, and he couldn't. And some constitutional scholars, like one of them, Jonathan Turley, said because so he, he couldn't pick his wife out of a, of of a, a photo. He well, this is his, <laughs> his ex-wife. This is Marla Maples. Oh, okay, okay. Over this other woman, I think he picked the woman that allegedly accused him. So that was problematic for that. But the other problem is them what they're saying, and I haven't followed it too much, except some of the evidence that was brought forward was problematic and they could some of the evidence trump wanted to bring they couldn't bring and then the the person making the accusation doesn't remember when and where it happened mm-hmm. so it, it sounds be like a, a kavanaugh uh yeah so as long as we make a good enough story right i could just accuse you of anything at this point. and that's basically but that seemed like everybody's big on that story then today, um, wait, hold on one second. Five million dollars, we get to have our range. So I, I know think, that's. Think, I'm, I'm think of it. Think of, you, you had to think of it. I mean, <laughs> really think about big. it. I'm well, like, hmm, ten but million. Then, um, secure there was that one time with Jeff Bezos. <laughs> oh yeah, but see, then the other thing dropped today is um, I think it's Representative Comer. I think his first name is James Comer. He released this investigation from the uh, House Oversight Committee. Yeah, and they released numerous LLCs that were set up by the Bidens to funnel money from their foreign dealings. And it went to like all these different first LLC, Pranford it out here, here. Shame on you, John. You said the Bidens were not businessmen. Oh yeah. But see, but here's the <laughs> they point. They have LLCs, John. Yeah, okay, that's, but that's a businessman. Here's the point on that. They funneled these monies to all these LLCs. The money then went through all these different channels before it got to the Bidens personal accounts. And they're finding out it went to 12 different Biden family members from you know Hunter Biden to the uh, ex the former wife or the the widow of Bo Biden it went to grandchildren and it, it, but nobody can tell us what the business venture was and I'll tell you something they are bad at business because if they were smart they would have done it through an S corporation which taxes the money a little bit different than the LLC. Oh, yeah. so they if they were smart, there wouldn't be a <laughs> war in Ukraine. <laughs> if they were smart, they wouldn't be under an investigation right mm-hmm. now. But the point is, mm-hmm. nobody can say why all this money went to Hunter Biden and these, all these LLCs. Now, here's the point. Nobody in the Biden family, especially Hunter Biden, who's the center of all this, has any experience in Asian um, politics or Asian area issues. None of the Biden family members, especially Hunter, has any energy experience in Ukraine, China, the Congo. There's allegations that he worked with a Chinese company to sell um, the mineral rights to the Chinese um, company linked to the CCP. 
you got all these things going on. And then one of the things that they're trying to look at charging, but one is um, lying on a federal firearm application, which is a felony, and yep. then tax evasion charges. But the mo- one of the most serious ones that's not even being discussed, at least we know so far, is the um, yeah is the um, failing to file as a foreign agent. Now remember, a few years ago under Donald Trump, they were throwing that charge out everywhere. Paul Manafort was convicted. Failing to not failing to file as a foreign agent, we know Hunter Biden was in business dealings in Ukraine, China, and the Congo, and I think in Mexico. Why hasn't he filed as a foreign agent? Why haven't they looked at that charge? Because it's rules for thee and not for me. Well, now, there, could Biden just kind of can Daddy come in and be like, "Hey, uh, Hunter, he's clear, he's good." Can he like pardon Hunter? He can pardon him, but that would be problematic for Joe Biden. Is why you're pardoning your son? Why? It's just okay, but here's the other thing: is um, there is a there was whistleblowers. Now we'll have to see the evidence, but there's a whistleblower or whistleblowers that alleged that the FBI has this. I can't think of the the, the terminology. This um, form, thirty two something or fifty two seventy, that lists everything, and they have a listing of all the business dealings and the corruption of. Hunter Biden and how their father knew about this and how he was heavily involved. Mm -hmm. But the FBI, as of today, refused to hand over that thing. They want to say, well, it's confidentiality and it's going to be a threat to national security. Why is it when they don't, when it's damaging to the Democrats, they use the idea of national security? But when it's a Republican, they release it like a sieve. Again, going back to the FBI, why is it we see all these leaks when it comes to Republicans. Has anybody seen the list of um, Jeffrey Epstein? Well, no. and, and that list continues. You know, don't don't forget, this is the same FBI that not only is what you're talking about, but they also know about mass shootings. And they have no problem coming out about a week or two later and saying, yeah, we knew about the guy. And, and then we catch that blame. So, I mean, this is the same well, yeah, federal a- agency that has all these problems on every and then- level. And but then the beyond, guys we have to trust. And then when they released, like when they had the white supremacists shoot um, those individuals in Buffalo, well, they released that. Let's but talk about not the really- white supremacists that just shot a bunch of people in uh, Texas. You know what was his name? It was something. <laughs> it was something very Mexican, but somehow he had lightning bolts. And yeah, he was. And then they find out that he's an illegal immigrant. Then yeah, they, but the, the, the Nashville times. shooter, they're not releasing. Now remember, if you skip all that. This is the same FBI where the FBI field director of the Indianapolis field office failed, once he knew about it, failed to investigate the sexual abuse of all the Olympic female gymnasts. The only reason why, because he wanted to get a job when he retired, working with, I think, one of the Olympic committees that oversaw all this for security. Now, he didn't get the job, but he was still able to retire with full benefits. But these girls suffer are going to suffer for the rest of their lives for what they did. And some of them were Ali um, Reisman, um, was it Simone Bile, and others all suffered because the FBI failed to do their job. The only way that story broke is because the local police department in that area investigated it when the FBI wouldn't. So these are the FBI. There's the most premier uh, law enforcement agency, mm-hmm. and it just seems everything goes one way. And 
and I would tell people, correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm if something is not right, but everything I'm saying is fact. They have evidence to show this. Why isn't there a special counsel appointed when they just did it at the drop of a hat when there was nothing, no evidence of Russian collusion? Why hasn't the media covered this story? Can you imagine if a Republican president, F, uh, the um, FBI, refused to investigate sexual abuse of Olympic gymnasts who are minors at the time? How would the media respond to that one? How would the media respond when they're going after parents because they have a different view, they're pro-life, and they want to treat them as terrorists? How about going after parents? All because they dare. It's just all these things. And then the latest thing that came out today, which affects everybody here across the is inflation rose again. Now it's up to 4.9, mm-hmm. but it went up 0.4%. So inflation is so that hits everybody. When you fill up your tank of gas, when you go to the grocery store, when you buy your eggs, I go, like I always said this every podcast, I go down the baby formula aisle of my local department, my local grocery store. There's still a shortage yeah, we, of baby formula. We saw gas go up 10, 10 cents in less than an hour when we were. My diesel's still good. I got to run over there oh, and yeah. get my diesel. Yeah, you and Ray, Ray's diesel. But all these bragger. problems are, and then we're not even focusing on the crime. You've got a, a, um, a district attorney just today or yesterday or two days ago said he's pulling, he's, he's, he's resigning after 20 years in Chicago. He's leaving and he blames the, the district attorney's office in Chicago for he pushing Trump for her too. <laughs> and, but he said, my son plays out in the park and they hear gunfire. We have drug dealers. Crime is not being reported. You have four, a couple teens steal a car, slam into a truck, kill a six-month-old baby, and they're charged of just trespassing look at the look what there's a marine who decides to help out because this guy was ranting and raving they turned it into a racial it wasn't a racial incident so he he chokes him submissives and unfortunately he dies in the midst of that he had 47 arrests he has a felony a warrant out for him because he hit a 67 year old woman and what does everybody do all the civil rights league because the guy was black. It's a racial issue. Everybody's protesting. So if you see something, someone being attacked, are you willing to jump in where you could be prosecuted? No, Probably not. Not anymore. No. Yeah. No, you're on your own. So you got. I've got people coming into the shop, and I know Ray and Joe. You guys are going to be setting up your gun range and your gun store. I got women coming in and they want a firearm mm-hmm. because they know the police can't come. Every department across the country is short. San Francisco, look what happened in San Francisco. Walmart, no, excuse me, um, Nordstrom's, Whole Foods, and a couple other major departments are pulling out of the main shopping thing because of crime and the, the homelessness and the debauchery they're seeing in those communities. Chicago's losing um, box stores. They wanted these. Portland lost um Whole, not Whole Foods, um, REI and Cracker Barrel because can't make money. Their employees get threatened, so they're leaving. Then what does Chicago do? They elect someone even worse than Lori Lightfoot. Mm-hmm. So they get, by any but they get what they deserve. Yeah. But I hate to see citizens. And but they always claim to support. We're there for Black Lives, 
do they really matter when most of the crime is committed in black and brown neighborhoods no. and you're trying to defund the police? No, because it's easier to blame. It's easier to blame. It's, it's, it's so easy to blame and yeah. not fix. And look at the, um, like I go back to education. Lori Lightfoot is the mayor of Chicago is directly impact who sits on that school board. It, 80% of the children who are minor, primarily black and brown are deficient at, at grade level in, on the, in the core subjects. I, I do have something to say about that. the whole racial thing. is I, What I don't understand is I went to school primarily in the early 2000s. I graduated in 2012. And something that me and my parents have a conversation about is we were always told going through school that we could be the generation that – that ends racism and this and that. I had a lot of. I have a lot of black friends. I have a lot of Hispanic friends. I grew up in New Jersey, where it's multicultural, very diverse, um, and you know, we got out into adulthood, and we were thrown into a seventy or over seventy year plus problem that I felt like we were supposed to be the ones to change that. So why are we still seeing, you know, this racism that I don't believe is really racism, but it's media? driving racism well, because into I our think they're society. Pushing, they're pushing a narrative that every white person is system is systematically a racist or systemically racist. Okay, all three of us are white. Mm-hmm. What do I have to how do I prove I'm not a racist? I, I got Well, no, but seriously, how do we prove we're not racist? Do I got to bring out all my black and Hispanic friends? No, I just but I mean like that'll just make you more racist. I mean, but, but what they're doing <laughs> is they're making the society more racist and more segregated. Even medical schools are now saying, I think there was a school up in New York saying, we got to have a a spot just for uh, minorities. There was a a father, an African-American father in New York City saying he's running for the school board because what they're doing is they want to have a math class just for black. We're going to teach you the black way. Well, math is math. But these are the same people that still support um, public education, the strong public employee unions giving them money, but their kids are uneducated, can't do um, do their core subjects. To be honest, I would like probably like to learn some black math. I think it would be interesting. So Martin Luther King, 70 years ago, goes fights for... Civil rights. Civil rights with, with a I black would man think, and a white man going to, to the same school, and now you have his same race fighting to, you know, pretty much be independent and doesn't want to deal but with But even him. what Martin Luther okay. King said in 1963, and I have a right. dream speech, and I'm going to paraphrase it. He goes, look around. Look around. You'll see white America is appalled of what we were going through. I think if he came back today, he would be appalled at the condition of the black um the black community when you see 70 percent of black america i mean african-american comes from single parents when it's 1960 it was two-parent families mm-hmm. you see black americans make up 14 percent of the u.s population but commit half of all murders most of half of all crimes are committed by one group i'm not saying blacks are predisposed to being criminals but their family units are dis- despicable and they need to look at themselves look at the looting that goes on there was one woman who she clearly said she's I'm an African American woman. Look at my store in Chicago. I cannot get food for my children. Look at all these youths a couple of weeks ago they were riding and doing all protest you know, doing all the things in their vehicles at ten o'clock late at night. 
Where are the parents? My dad, if we would have did that, he would have beat our ass. Yep. We would have knew where we at. So, John. So, how can, Joe. How can they get a hold of us? You can get a hold of us by going to ubaldireports at gmail.com. That's ubaldireports at gmail.com. You can check us out on all the social media platforms, except for this time, TikTok. Um, hopefully by next week we should be back on, but we'll have to go from that. But we're still – check us out on other podcasts that we've done in the past. This one should post definitely probably by Friday if you haven't listened to it live stream. But keep following Ubaldi Reports. My goal is to do this five days a week because there's so much to talk about, especially as we gear up for the elections. We can talk about a different issue each, each uh, podcast and then give you, like, what's going on for that day, what's trending by the end of the week. But also, I'd like to thank um, Ray and Joe for helping me out on this podcast and being sponsored by American Gunslinger. But also, I want to let, turn the time over to Joe and Ray so they can talk about their podcast and what they do. You can listen to us on All American Gunslingers. Uh, you can just look that up on all social medias, especially on Apple Podcasts, Libsyn, all that kind of stuff like that. Look out for our All American Gunslinger dot com and you can also kind of follow us as we talk about funny stories drink whiskey talk about guns and you can hear how we progress as we're building a store slash gunsmithing shop slash range so uh just take a listen and this is how you you can follow us and when you listen to american gunslinger one thing uh both Joe and Ray, especially Ray, is very well versed in um, firearms, but also the law. Because I know we have a, a constitutional carry here in Florida, and I work at a gun store, and we get some wide views of people thinking, well, I can carry a gun even though I don't have a concealed carry. I go, no, you can't. That law doesn't take effect until January, I mean, excuse me, July 1st. People believe that I can get a gun without getting a background check. That's also false. You cannot buy a firearm in the state of Florida without getting you were going to bring this show to 45 minutes you're going to get right started and a federal firearm so <laughs> so there's a lot of things that they can bring and they have great expertise in that but until next time till next wednesday at 7 30 eastern standard time keep following ubaldi reports and let your friends and family know about ubaldi reports